Welcome into another episode of Farm to Fame. I'm in my childhood bedroom. I, you know, I'm home this week and I thought to myself, what is the best way to expose yourself? And the answer was do a podcast from your untouched childhood bedroom. See, that's not where my head went, but that's why you're here, Kelsey. Yep. I'm Kelsey Wingert. That's Peter Moylan. That's Maddie Mass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the backbone he's what keeps this show together we've just established once again what's your bat glove what are we what are we doing today peter today we're going to go with glove of the week the glove of the week is my uh green and gold australian marucci so mm. love that for me i, I also have marucci. just by coincidence hmm. Two different baseballs from two different areas that I'm going to do some tests on. My own little tests on, by the way. And, and, and for those playing at home, home, I also have a ball coming from Korea to find out what kind of sticky, tacky, or even just how it feels. So your resident scientist, here he is. Says, who called you that? No one. Okay. No one said I can't call myself that either. Well, since I'm not in my apartment, and I'm at my parents' house in Sugarland, Texas, which is where Kevin Copps is from. That's legitimately your childhood bedroom. Can you not know the walls are literally? What are all those medals up there for? <laughs> uh, I played volleyball, but those are soccer, which probably means they're from when I was like in elementary school. Wow. What medals do you see? And they stuck around, did they? <laughs> yeah. oh, are they ribbons what are they ribbons yeah you see that ribbon thing so in text yeah. those are called mums so they're all over my all over my bedroom so when you go to homecoming in high school your uh, homecoming date makes you a mum which is like this long can you even see it this damn how many homecomings did you go to a lot it's like you see it it's a long. you wear it like on your body to school that day and then you wear uh, it in pictures of course you do in texas Everything's bigger. Everything's understated. And my, since I don't have my bat, since I'm at home, this ball is signed by the 1996 Pittsburgh Pirates, which is um, where both of my parents are from. Is that a 1996 baseball too? Can you send that to me so I can run some tests on it? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. So that's what I got today. Maddie, how are you? Not doing a podcast from your childhood bedroom. So that's good. No. Looks like you're doing it from prison though, which is good. <laughs> I'm uh I'm in my childhood house. Uh, so not not my bedroom. Posted up in the office of my childhood house. You look a little bit look can I be completely honest? I think my friends, I think we reached that stage. You look a little bit stressed out. Is it no. is it one of those is it one of those family gatherings where it's like everybody's at their wits end about to punch each other out? No, I think it's more so that the move is I've moved to a new apartment, right? That's complete. But because of July 4th, I just came and visited family. So it's just this weird flux period. Like, and you've got to wait knowing that you've still got stuff to unpack. It's just sitting on your shoulders. Oh, you should see our new apartment. Oh, gosh. Notice how I flexed them a little bit? Did you see that? So like the when you open the front door, the radius of the door is yeah. like openable. And then after that, it's like stuff. <laughs> Have you, you haven't made a pathway to go to like kitchen? Bathroom? Oh, there's a path. <laughs> yes. Like a hopscotch. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Uh, well, love that for everybody. Love that you're in a new apartment. 
and um, your commute's going to be half the very important to get to the John Boy offices. Um, so this is a this is a big week, and I'm pretty stinking excited for it mm. for two reasons. The first reason we're going to the All Star Game, baby. Oh. We're going to Denver. We out here. Not yet, but we will be out here. And we're taping. That's enough with the facial expressions, Peter Moylan. I don't know what out here is. O U T C H E A. Out here. Out here. <laughs> we will be taping next week's episode from Denver. And apparently, I just found this out 10 minutes ago. They're making a little studio. Like, um, is it in like the John Boy house that there's yeah. happening? Is it like TikTok house, but cooler? I believe it's in the, the popular house, which that's what Peter's Peter. in. So well, we're so excited to go to Denver and DraftKings is sponsoring our trip. And this trip is gonna be amazing. I mean, they have so many different things set up. And DraftKings, if you listen to any of the podcasts on John Boy's John Boy's network, you know that DraftKings loves the network. They love John Boy Media. So they are our sports betting sponsor we're super pumped that they're sponsoring our trip to denver because it's going to be sick uh, make sure you're using the code john boy at sign up for DraftKings. why are you laughing at me peter i'm laughing at because you because no no reason no Go tell ahead. me tell me <laughs> what did you just say before that what and you said it in a way that i was like Ouch, yeah. And then what would you just say? What did you just say that made you I don't laugh? Know. I, don't I can't know. remember either. <laughs> I don't anyway, know what I on. just said. DraftKings. DraftKings oh. is sponsoring our trip. And Peter's going to strike you guys out in Denver. We had like we had like 50 tickets to some like meet and greet that sold out in apparently three hours, which is pretty sick. Um, and then we're having the back alley ABs at Bats. Peter Moylan's getting the arm ready. It's ready. And that's all thanks to DraftKings. So make sure you guys use the code JOHNBOY at sign up. Peter, what percent of people do you think you can strike out in the back alley? Are 95? See, I, I'm not going to make any kind of rash predictions as to my success rate against. I've, I've not never thrown oh, said baseball. Blitzball. So, you know, I'm, I might be the worst one out there. Who knows? But... I also might be playing it safe and just not the, I'd say 96% of the people. That, how did you just go from trying to be humble about it to saying 96%? I'm not humble. I just wanted to give the illusion that I was humble <laughs> before it. I just basically broke everyone's souls. Well, we're excited because we're going to Denver. Obviously the future stars game is going to be taking place there. A lot of guys who we've, we've talked about this year, are on the roster, so that's sick. Reed Detmers, who we've talked about. There is Spencer Torkelson. Bobby Witt Jr. made the roster, but we might update him in a little bit. Um, Jared Kelnick, Julio Rodriguez, Adley Rushman. Um, those are on the AL. You have Cade Cavalli from the Big Three for the Nationals who will be there. CJ Abrams made it, but we might have an update on him later. Michael Harris and Drew Waters. Who, Maddie? Jason. Zero professional hits. He's in the futures. <laughs> yeah, that was wild. <laughs> Yankees fans loved that, though. So um, the futures game is going on. We're excited to see the home run derby in Coors Field. Absolutely. <laughs> That's a good one. Well Thank done. You. 
Peter, do you have any um, takes on the all-star rosters that you want to hit on or you don't care? Nope. Nope. I think they uh, have so far done a pretty good job. I mean, there's always going to be snubs because there's only a limited amount of numbers. Go ahead. What do you got? I have one question that could mm-hmm. spark Shoot. controversy. Should Mike Trout have been voted Ew. a starter? He said no. No, I just don't like he's the yes, when he's when he's healthy, he's the best player, one of the best players in the game. Oh, one of one of now, yeah. For the last 10 years, he's been the best player in the game, but there's some competition right now, especially since he hasn't been on the field. So uh that's my only you base the all-star game on this year and in years past it's been a popularity contest and for him to make it it'd be it wouldn't really be an all-star game if Mike Trout wasn't there if he's healthy enough to play but if he hasn't done enough to earn the spot then does he really like he's taking the spot of someone that may have had their career first half and earned a spot in the all-star game but it's been taken by Mike Trout who's had probably the the least productive year of his 11 year career and he's going to go the all-star game so i don't know it's just it sucks i have a question that i don't really know how to ask but i'm gonna try okay does being a starter or a reserve really matter for like when you're looking at a guy's statistics baseball reference page 10 20 years after he's done playing does it matter really or does it does it literally just matter that they made the all-star team let me answer that question with a question. Have you ever looked up whether someone was an all-star starter no, or that's non-starter? Because that's why I was like, well, I guess like... Whether I'm, you make it as the 39th person selected or whether you start the game on the mound, you get the same accolades and the same... Once you are selected on that roster, you get to add it to your bio, you get to get paid your rewards money and it doesn't matter what happens. And if you get selected and you choose not to go you still get all that as well and another person gets added if you're hurt you're still considered an all-star and the person who took your place is also considered an all-star so here's the thing here's the thing that i think might happen i don't know if it's happened already because i haven't been paying attention to baseball really a lot over the last couple of days but i think mike trout will obviously go i don't need to go to the all-star game this year or and he'll be replaced by someone that's deserving so the fan vote is great but a lot of the time the people that the fans vote in uh, those guys don't end up going because they haven't had the season that they think deserves it, um, and they won't go. But it'll still say All Star on a baseball reference page. One hundred percent. Hey, how about some uh, claps for Trevor Rogers and Adolis Garcia? Peter, thank you. Um, making the All Star game. We love our guys. We love well our guys. Done. Yeah. The second reason <laughs> this is a big week is because it's the draft. So we have. A guest today. And I cannot wait for this guest to come in because <laughs> this guest, this isn't this isn't like a big budget show, okay? We don't have any smoke and mirrors, but this guest has literally been sitting next to one of our hosts for the last 20 minutes. He is our our resident draft expert. Yes. Because he is a high school pitching coach and saw a lot of these guys play this season as his school is awesome. And they played like IMG Academy. They also played Brady house in the playoffs. Um, he's also my boyfriend. Oh, oh, what? you went all out for this show. I cannot believe that you just said, you know what? I'm going to find myself a high school baseball coach because I need to get knowledge about farm to fame podcast. So well done and welcome in Casey. <laughs> 
You're really just using me because of that. I understand. <laughs> this is Casey. Um, yeah, I saw a lot of guys play this season. So I don't really know the best way to go over the draft. But like I said, it's the, oh, it's the 11th through the 13th. First five picks, you have the Pirates, then the Rangers, then the Tigers, then the okay. Red Sox, then the Orioles. So this particular draft class isn't necessarily super heavy at the top, but it obviously still has a ton of talent. Mm -hmm. There's a strong group, which Casey will probably talk about of high school shortstops that can go in the top 10. There's obviously the Vanderbilt the Vandy boys who we're really excited about. And then there's a few strong college bats and those guys can really slot in anywhere in those top 10 picks. But the interesting thing about this year is there's not really a slam dunk pick for number one. So, you know, in years past, you kind of know who it's going to be. And um, this year we, we literally have no clue. Is it that we have no clue or is it down between two guys? It's between Lida and the high school, uh, uh, Marcelo, Marcelo, Marcelo. Yeah. You think Lider could still go number one? Yeah, I mean, it really just depends on what the Pirates are wanting to do and what kind of money they're wanting to spend. I mean, that's yeah. the hard thing is that's where the MLB draft is so different than what you get in the NFL or NBA where they're looking for immediate impact. These guys, you're really taking the best available, but you've only got so much to sign these guys with yeah. um, with that pool money. And so a lot of guys, try, a lot of teams try to go under slot with those first few picks so that they've got – more money later on to get some value. So it really just depends on on what the a team like the Pirates is wanting to do. So the Pirates, would you'd say, would probably be early stages to mid stages of a rebuild right now. So you'd think that they're looking for someone to make an impact in two or three years rather than someone that is a college. Well, I feel like Lida would be someone that you'd maybe look to be in the big leagues next year, the year after, or... yeah. I mean, and uh, truly a lot depends on what these got, what the talk is with advisors behind the scenes, because a ton of these guys just have a number set already. Teams are aware of that. And so if the pirate, a team like the Pirates is going into the draft and they've got an idea of what they're wanting to spend in that first round and mayors mm -hmm. at X and lighters at another number, that might be what they use to make the pick. So it really is, a lot of it does come down to that, that pool money that's available. Talking about Mayer, that's the shortstop out of California, the high school shortstop. Mm -hmm. The Pirates have been linked to him for a very long time. But like Casey said, the Pirates, like most teams at the top, are probably looking for a deal to, to save them some money for those later picks. So Marcelo Mayer, the shortstop, what I have on him is he has a potential to hit 15 to 25 home runs a season. He can hit for average, professional ABs. He's one of the best hit tools, some raw power. Scouts love him. And he has he's pretty good defensively with the glove too. So he'll go on one one. He's gotta be like it's you you're gonna spend your one one on a guy that's okay defensively. Is he oh he's it must be, average it must be a good bat. It must be a really, really good bat though. Yeah, I mean, the scouts really like his bat because he can hit for average and he can hit for power, and he's a shortstop, obviously. He's not a two-way player. Maddie and I were talking about this right before. He's not a two-way player at all? No, I think they're right. just looking at him as a shortstop. But, I mean, he's got that prototypical build Big that body. you're looking for in an athletic shortstop now. I mean, he's coming out of high school. He's 6'3", buck right. 90. He's got room to put on some weight when he adds some muscle. Uh, I mean, you can see, like, if you just pull up some video on him, you can see what teams love about him. I mean, the athleticism's there. He's got a good barrel through the zone. He can play. So the Pirates have been linked to him for a long time. Y'all are talking about Leiter and Kumar. Uh, some mock drafts have Leiter going second to the Rangers. He is so 
polished and refined on the mound. Uh, obviously, he has like his entire family who played in Major League Baseball. And then he went to Vanderbilt, which is probably the top baseball school in the country. Yes, sir. Casey, do you think that Rocker hurt his draft by the season he had this year? Or because start of the year, we did a whole is- uh, issue. It's not a magazine. We did a whole <laughs> we did a whole episode on uh, them potentially going one, two. And now he's looking like a seven, eight. Who knows where he could go? Yeah, I, I don't know if it's as much he hurt himself as it is a lot of those high school guys came onto the scene because majority of them didn't have a season last year. So right. at the beginning of the year, you're going with the names that you know and you knew that Lighter and Rocker were going to be in the mix without a doubt. Mm. But then all of a sudden you've got a kid like Watson and Mayer that pop up that mm. shoot up the board. So I don't think he necessarily hurt his stock. It probably stayed the same. Those scouts know what they're looking for. Like, if you spend any time with those guys, they're not necessarily just taking the results. They see the stuff and how it plays, and they've made their decision. So I don't think he necessarily hurt himself as much as other guys just popped onto the scene. Mm, Love it. The thing with Leiter is Leiter is somebody who he's going to probably climb through the minor league very quickly. Like, he is very close to being – he profiles very quickly as a major league pitcher. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes this season – 179 strikeouts to 45 walks and 110 mm. innings pitched. He had a 213 ERA in 18 games. Then when you're talking about Kumar Rocker, who, like Peter said, you really see in the mock drafts going not in the top five anymore. He finished a season 14 and four with a 273 ERA, 20 games. Also had an 179 Ks to 39 walks and 122 innings pitched. Some of the things that you hear people a little bit worried about him His velo dipped earlier in the year, which scares some guys. Mm -hmm. Some scouts have mentioned his mechanics. Casey and I were talking a little bit about that last night. Um, High elbow, and you were talking more about, like, his release. Yeah, we were just discussing it, and really it's just that inconsistent release point that he'll have sometimes. But it's to be expected. I mean, he's a a big boy. So it's going to take a little bit to find that, but the stuff's there. And when he's on – I mean, Peter, you said he's on. He's he's as good as they get. Yeah, yeah. He's disgusting. I still don't know how any – well, that's an, a subject for another day, but imagine being a college and having to face those two back-to-back. Like, come yeah. on now. This, what's the point? The Rangers have been tied to Leiter. They've been tied to Khalil Watson. They've been tied to Henry Davis and Jordan Lawler. The mm-hmm. Tigers pick third. Obviously, they would love to see a guy like Mayer follow them, but they're also talking about Watson, Brady House, who is somebody who Casey's team, Alatuna, played in the playoffs, and Leiter and Rocker. The Red Sox, you have heard a lot of talk that they do have those Vandy boys circled, which I feel like a lot of teams obviously probably do. Those are two guys who, like we said, can can shoot through the minor leagues. And then the Orioles, um, like they usually do every single year, they're expected to try to save some money with their first-round pick, but they're connected to Watson, Sal Freelich, Kumar, Harry Ford. Sneaky just called the Orioles cheap, by the way. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> oh, no. uh, but so Jackson Job, some some of the things I read about him, premium velocity, said to have the best slider in the draft. There's loads of upside, but he's a right-handed pitcher out of high school. So you don't know if he'll go in the top five. Henry Davis is the top college bat in the country out of Louisville. He hit 370 this season with 15 home runs as a catcher. Um, he had seven more walks than strikeouts. So he's somebody who a lot of teams might like to. 
Sal Freelich, an outfielder from Boston College. He's 5'9". We love that. So the hot topic recently has been evaluation and what teams... I've been mainly thinking about teams in the minor league side of things, but think about the evaluation that's gone on in high school and college over the last six months since everything's opened back up again. Think about the changes that's going to happen. There's going to be some shocks in this draft that people are going to just come out of nowhere that are on no one's draft board that some dude in the backwoods of Kansas is just doing the, what was that story? The Sid Finch thing again. He's throwing 115 miles an hour at the back of, yeah. So someone's going to get discovered during this draft that we have not even heard about. And they're going to go in the top 20 picks and people are going to go, what? And I'm going to look like an expert. Yeah. Even though I don't, know, I don't know who it is right now, but someone, write you that down. Someone. Freelix, the 5'9 guy out of Boston College, 70 grade runner. He slashed 359, 443, 559 this season. Doesn't have a ton of power, but you'd love him at the plate. Great plate discipline, works pitchers deep into counts. Jordan Lawler is another shortstop out of high school in Dallas. This is a guy we could see first, first overall. We could see him anywhere really between like first and seventh. He has comps to Bobby Witt Jr., but they do think that he's probably a bit more polished than Bobby Witt Jr. out of high school. Khalil Watson is a shortstop out of high school as well. He's committed to NC State. He has the ability to hit for average and power. He's quick. He's generated a lot of buzz to go in the top five, but he could fall lower than that. This is how the whole draft is. All of these guys have generated buzz in the top five. Could go lower. Brady House, who you guys played. Yeah, I can speak to House because I saw him nine times in our series with him, and he's a nightmare. 6'3", 225-pound high school shortstop that can move. He's got plus power he can really really swing it that gets through the zone really well I know a lot of people have talked about him moving to a corner um, just because he might get too big for short and he can do it he's gonna I think he's gonna have the power to move over to third or move to a a corner outfield but this kid he's also 96 to 98 off the bump and he's a great kid like when you're just looking at general makeup of of high schoolers you don't know what you're going to get because they're all at different maturity levels and man this kid was the complete package just from what we saw carried himself really well um did his thing and um he was he was really fun to watch Uh, just to touch on that too i've maintained my high school maturity until this point so Let's not that. Let's not hope that turns too many people off. But uh, that was that's awesome. That's uh, that back in the day from 1990 to whenever. That's the that was the prototypical scouting report that you're looking for. I want a kid yep. that's 6'4", 220, plays shortstop, but pitches, throws 95 off the hill, but can also hit 380 with a lot of tanks. Like that's the ultimate number one pick. Yeah, he's got the tools. I mean, he's got everything that you're looking for. I've seen a couple of comps to like a Trevor Story just because of the build. I don't know if he's necessarily going to keep that same kind of athleticism to stay it short, Um, but to be his size and to be his age, it was really impressive what he was able to do in the field and the way he was able to move so, so fluid. And Casey won't mention this. Casey's the pitching coach. And what did he do in that series? I mean, there's... Two for nine, but Casey kept him. No, 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 no. Two for nine as the pitching coach. I did not. I sit on a bucket. Um, but he was he was terrifying. Who else did you see play? Um, we saw a couple of guys. Another one that has been linked in the first rounds, a kid that went to a high school down the street in North Cobb, Harry Ford, uh, catcher. As far as high school catchers go, a lot of times that's a risky play, first round of the draft. 
but Harry's so athletic. He could play second. He could move to the outfield. I mean, he's a he's a 6'4", 60 behind the plate. So he can really run. He's got a good arm. He's got a good bat. So I think people love the fact that he's so athletic and can catch. And if he has to move out behind the plate, he could move to the infield. He could move to the outfield. He's going to be able to keep going. So he's, he's really good. We saw a couple of guys um, with IMG, a name that's kind of been linked to the back end of the first rounds, James Wood. He's a 6'7", 240-pound right fielder. Um, <laughs> he was huge. Yeah, yeah. He could really swing it. IMG had like 10 guys. But pretty much anybody in that Georgia area, in that southeast okay. area that would come through, we, we had the chance to see. Peter has a question. Yes. I have one last question. Do you think there's going to be a change in specific or specified positions for young kids with the Otani effect? Do you think that American kids are going to want to do that now? Yeah, I think, I mean, kids that can go two way that have that opportunity are going to want to, because it's just more opportunity, right? If you have the chance to be taken in the draft as a position player or as a pitcher, you've got almost a backup plan that's built in there that if the bat's not translating to the minors, there's been that for years. Like a yeah. guy will sign, I'm saying to get a chance to do both at the same time. Do you think we ever see teams that will let a player develop as a two-way person from the time they get into the system to the time they get the big leagues? Well, I think people are going to start to look for it. I mean, the super utility wasn't a position until really Zobra started doing it. And now everybody's yeah. got their super utility guy and you look for that and you develop that through the minors. So yeah, I think teams are going to start to take chances with some of these guys that have bats that can play and have good arms. I mean, why not? To be able to have somebody with 26 guys on the roster, to have somebody that could maybe fill two positions, that's huge for a team. That's huge value. Yeah. Obviously, you're probably not going to get another Otani. I mean, what he's doing is insane. Doesn't he have 31 yeah. home runs now? And we yeah. in the homer draft, but it's the freaking weekend, <laughs> so his homers don't count right now. That's fine. We still got him for right. We still got him for today, right? Yep. And we got Judge too, right? Yep. Today we have Otani, Judge, and Acuna. <laughs> That's fun, y'all. Keep it going. Love that for us. Um, do either of y'all have any more questions for our resident draft expert, Tracy Lynch? I think our resident draft expert did a wonderful job. And I would like to thank you. Debut. Appreciate that. Thank you so thank much. You. So obviously the biggest story that happened in baseball this week was the allegations against Trevor Bauer. Um, he currently is on that seven day administrative leave, which is not an admittance, admittance, and admittance, admittance. Admittance. That one, uh, what the Australian said, of guilt. Um, it's not MLB saying anything. It's not, but we're we're kind of going to stay clear of that because um, we're going to let the investigation play out and um, see what happens there. So that was the biggest story in baseball this week, and that's all we're going to say about it. So let's move in to our rookie of the year watch, folks. Peter, you want to do your thing? I just want to talk about again. Mm. I mean, the NL again is it's it is who it is, right? Yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be between the two Marlins. They're gonna punch it out and they're gonna do cool things. It's gonna be amazing. There are seven names in the AL that I think have a legitimate chance to of winning the rookie of the year. Juicy. Do you want to run through what my names are? Yeah. Okay. 
Akil Badu. Mm-hmm. Adolos Garcia. I'll start. I'll start. I'll start. I'll start. Casey Myers. Yep. Luis Garcia from the Astros has had an unbelievable year. Dane yep. Dunning. Oh. Tariq Skubal and Emmanuel Classe. Okay. There you go. I think legitimately that any one of those guys can come up if Class A gets 20 saves for the rest of the year. I just don't know because it's not like the MVP where you kind of lead towards a hitter because the pitchers have the Cy Young Award. It's a rookie of the year. So it's hard to separate between the hitters and the pitchers and determine what has more value. So I just think that it's going to be an absolute, it's going to be a a dogfight for those guys for the rest of the year. Luis Garcia for the Astros this week. Yep. Four innings, four runs. I, I, I don't know if you mentioned Randy or Rosarena in that I list. I didn't. I didn't. And I'm well, surprised I didn't. His last seven, he's hitting 174. He's hitting 252 on the season and 10 home runs. So none of those numbers at all really jump out to me, you know? Mm-hmm. But we'll, we'll mention him out of respect with the K. Comparing hitters to hitters, Adolis Garcia is better in every category, it seems like. Mm. So, yeah, Adolis mm-hmm. is sitting 270 with 20 home runs and 58 RBI, eight stolen bases. He has a four-game hit streak right now, and he's the first Rangers rookie in franchise history with at least 20 home runs prior to the All-Star break. Um, yeah, and it's just like we've talked about a story on here. Um, Both former Cardinals, which I think is the best part to mention every single time because, you know, the Braves and the Cardinals have a wonderful history. And he was he was DFA'd so many times and mm-hmm. I can only imagine how difficult it was um, even just getting to America to play baseball. Yeah. Um, and he's an all-star now and we love that for him. Akil Badu, he, three of his last four games have been multi-hit games. He had a three-hit game and two two-hit games this week. Sunday, he had two RBI and two hits. He has stolen five bases in his last six games. You would know that if you followed Farm to Fame on Twitter. Um, on the season. And this is a guy who we talked about so much in the first two weeks. And then we have not talked about him at all until the last two weeks. And he's upped his average to 281, which is like awesome that he's back in these conversations. That's my why, what my next point was going to be is that I think I've mentioned this a couple of times, but the impressive thing is that he was got up to such a hot start and then he was sort of backed off got figured out, whatever it was, but the adjustment made by him to come back and just be on a tear that he's on is, is really good to see. It's I hope yeah. the same thing happens to Yeramin, but um, well, I didn't even mention Yeramin in my conversation because that seems to be... Uh... Well, our guy got sent down to AAA, mm. Yeramin Mercedes, um, so we'll keep an eye on him. I don't know. I'm kind of excited, not excited that he got sent down, but excited to see if he can turn it around in AAA and figure some, figure some things out, but yeah. Wrapping up, um, wrapping up a kill Badu, like we were mentioning. Last 15 games, Peter, he's yeah. hitting 364. Last 30 games, he's hitting 315. So a kill Badu has definitely worked his way back into those talks. Casey Mize was an interesting story this week. So Friday versus Detroit, he threw three innings. And everybody was like, what's going on? Oh, no, that'll be our management, right? Yep, the Tigers are starting to limit his innings. Casey Mize came out and he said, this was no surprise to me. I knew they were going to do this. Casey Mize, his whole thing, and he and the Tigers both agree, they don't want him to move to the bullpen. They want him to stay on his regular schedule, his regular routine. They think it's best for his short-term and his long-term health. That's really smart. 
they're just going to have him for the next few starts pitching two to three innings at most and keep him on that regular starting rotation. That is so smart. That is so smart. I've because the the old thinking rule would be, oh, I'll just whack him in the bullpen. That'll give him a rest. It's not that he's on a schedule and every time he gets up to play catch or throw, he's going to get in the game like he does when mm-hmm. he's a starter. So they forget about the dry humps. They forget about all the things that goes with being in the bullpen. And they just see it as a rest for these guys. And I've seen many guys go for their rest and end up blowing out. So yeah. uh, I think that is a really, really smart decision. And I am interested to see how the teams who are competing go about their innings management and their uh, injury management, I guess you'd call it, because it's the increase in innings is going to be a real thing come the end of this month and then creeping into August. I know with Trevor Rogers, who I don't know if you would say the Marlins are, you know, obviously contending or anything or fighting for a playoff spot this season, but the Marlins came out and said, he'll start today versus the Dodgers. And then I'll have one more start this weekend versus the Braves before the all-star break. But he did make the all-star game. But then after the all-star break, he's going to open up as Miami's fifth starter out of the break to limit innings. And we'll, I'll be curious to see what they do with Trevor Rogers. But with Casey Mize, you think about last year, he pitched 28 and a third innings after being called up in August. Um, and that was his MLB debut. This season, he's already at 91 and a third over 16 starts. He's on pace for 176 innings pitched. So. I think it's genius, like you said, Peter, what they're Mm. doing with him. It's what Casey wants because he wants to be able to finish the season without having to shut down in September. I think the Tigers are doing what's best for him. He has a 355 ERA on the season. He's been consistent. He's been good. So that Mm. is the AL. To go through a few guys in the NL who had meh weeks, (laughs) Dylan Carlson is hitting 200 in his last seven. Jazz Chisholm. It's time for our king. He gets a shorter one this week because he's hitting 208 in his last seven. Key Brian Hayes. Key Brian Hayes is hitting 045 in his last seven. He was one for 22 in his past six games. But we talked about Trevor Rogers. He started versus the Phillies on Tuesday, five and two thirds, two runs. Peter could have guessed that if he wanted to. <laughs> Everyone who listens to this pod can guess that. Yeah. Yeah. But he did have four walks, which we don't see with Trevor Rogers a lot. That's why they shut him down. Yeah. He had two extra walks. That's it. You missed the consistency. <laughs> He's lost his title. <laughs> his ERA inflated all the way up to 214. The last two guys in the NL that I'm surprised that you didn't mention, Peter. Well, one of the guys mm-hmm. is Jonathan mm-hmm. India. Reds mm-hmm. fans love this guy. How can you not, though? Yeah. They loved him, and they love Tyler Stevenson. So Jonathan India on the year is hitting 265 with 32 RBI. In his last 15, he's hitting 304. Last 30, hitting 303. He got an RBI by a hit-by-pitch to tie up the game on Sunday. And that strut after he got hit, to first was just like manly. <laughs> it was like, okay, what is that? Hulk, Thor. So, and he's just, he's been really good at second as well. So he moved to the leadoff spot on June 5th. And there was a tweet I saw a few days ago. I don't know if it still stands, but since he moved to the leadoff spot, he was leading MLB and runs since then. And the only reason I didn't mention these guys is because the distance between 
Rogers and the rest is just it's it's so huge that he's going to have to basically shit down his own leg for the second half, and I don't think it's going to happen. So, but it's good fun. Jonathan India, friend of the pod. Well, is he a friend of the pod if we just talked about him? Yes, he is now. I made the decision. That hair makes him friend of the pod. And Tyler Stevenson and him are teammates, and Tyler Stevenson follows up. So six degrees of separation. Well, he's he's part of us. So yeah. Well, Tyler Stevenson has interacted with us on social media, and that's how yeah. I say that somebody's a friend of the pod. And if I was doing rookie dress ups, I would dress up Jonathan India as um, I would dress up Jonathan India as Jack Sparrow. <laughs> <laughs> what would you dress up Jazz Chisholm as? Oh man, he'd just go as himself. He is a character in himself. <laughs> hey, who are you going for Halloween? Myself, bitch. Who you think? <laughs> yes. Oh, what what would be another one that you could dress up? Those are probably the funny ones because they yeah. have the longer hair and the purple hair. And like we mentioned earlier, your main Mercedes sent down to AAA. Do you guys want to mm. get into our top 10 prospects of the week? Do you have something to say, Maddie, or are you holding up a goalpost? Um, both. Okay. So the only other thing, and he's not a contender for rookie of the year because he's fallen off since his debut, but I think that we like the stories of the people that go through some hardships and it's a longer track to the majors so your mean got sent down and jake berger took his place on the white Sox roster and jake berger is somebody that got drafted 11th overall in 2017 then in 2018 suffered two separate achilles injuries 2019 suffered a heel injury 2020 obviously didn't play and then now 2021 gets the call up goes two for four with a double in his debut that's awesome emotional after the game and you know it's just those stories that we like if your mean had to get sent down for anybody i'm happy that it was at least a good story yeah um this has nothing to do with any of our guys but speaking of emotional did y'all see jesse winker's post-game press conference when he found out he was an all-star oh peter you need to go back and watch it he like he was like choked up the whole time and was just like thanking people so much and saying that like, he never expected this. And oh my God. So he's instantly become everyone's favorite player. He, I literally sent out a tweet that said, okay, so Jesse Winker is one of our favorite players now. Right. Oh really? Okay. That's fantastic. Because you know, what's brutal about that too, is that five years ago, he would have probably been, I don't know, told, but maybe not five years ago, but 10 years ago, like that kind of emotion wasn't, wasn't really accepted wow. back back in the day. Like it was obviously joy and all that sort of stuff. Yes, fine, whatever. But it, I think that would have been, I don't know. I don't know. That, no, that I, kind I, of excitement, that kind of excitement is is uh it's real, it's genuine, and it's the shit that people want to see. So yeah. I think it's I think it's there should be more of that instead of, hey, what was your favorite food growing up? Um, what's your favorite color? Like can we stop asking the same questions and putting it up on video boards every year and just actually get some real content out there? Yeah. Please? It so. was a very like moving press conference. Um, cause he was just very emotional and just saying he, he would have never expected this and how much it means to him. Um, so we all love Jesse Winker. We also love Brett Phillips after his, uh, pitching performance for the race this week. <laughs> Top 10 prospects. You want to start Peter? 
Or do you want me to start, Peter? I think it worked well with me starting last week. Go ahead. Okay. J.P. France, drafted by the Astros in the 14th round of the 2018 draft out of Mississippi State. Hey, the champs. The champs. Started the year in double A, pitched eight games, five starts, and punched out 50 guys in 33 and two-third innings. Gets called up to triple A. The Sugar Land Skeeters, baby. We're home. We out here. I'm going to go watch you play, boy. Since, said call-up, he's made three starts, covering 13.1 innings. And in back-to-back starts, he's punched out nine guys. Two starts in a row with nine punches. And he only went like five innings and four and a third innings and all that. So, uh, JP, congratulations on your couple of weeks, my friend. Well done. Uh, The Skeeter Stadium is literally like two miles from my parents' house. And it's sick because the scoreboard is the shape of Texas. How long are you down there for? Until the 8th. So until Thursday. Do they have games on the schedule? No, they're freaking they're freaking out of town until the day that we leave. We are going to the Astros game on Tuesday, and the Astros are playing Oakland, and we have Chris Bassett versus Framber. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we're going to that game. But I'm the Skeeters Stadium, because they were an independent league team for the last, I don't know, I think they've been in existence, I think, since I was in college. And those games are just so much fun to go to because it's a new. it was a new ballpark. It's beautiful. It's well-built. They have those – really tall margaritas that you can get. And the, I've watched guys, I've watched Tracy McGrady pitch for the Skeeters, but now, now they're legitimate. Um, okay, my turn. This is a guy we all know. Wander Franco, folks. I'm talking about him because he was not playing well after his debut at all. He had an amazing debut. And it was so hyped up. And then he like went hitless in a ton of games. Well, he's writing now a six game hit streak. He's hitting 286 over his last seven games. And he upped his average from 136 to 233 in that stretch. 233, we don't really like it. But when you realize that he's upped it a full 100 points, um, we like that. And on Sunday, he went two for four with a double and a home run. And uh, Peter's hat. You look like one of those like little kids in like a movie that is should be holding like a balloon or something. <laughs> just, yeah. What did you do to that hat? Can you? So, have you ever seen the movie Side Out? No. It's a beach volleyball movie, and this is how they wore their hats in beach volleyball. And I had Side Out under here. Well, I just like you didn't mess it up, did you? No, you can just flop straight back down. Boom. Now it looks like bird wings. <laughs> well, I look like seagull wings right now. If I look do this, does it look like a seagull wing floating? Got a farm. And I'm wearing you're a farm so shirt. You're so I, I know that you're not supposed to do this, I guess. I think I heard uh, Trev talk about it on Talking Baseball that you're not supposed to wear like the podcast you're on. That That's why merch. I don't do it. Yeah. Other what I'm, should trying be to do, I'm just trying to make sure people know that we have merch now. And like, this is a cool crop top. I don't know how to stand. It's soft. It's a crop top has the logo it's neat um jake would Good. love it jake loves crop tops um okay so yeah wander franco playing well now and we love to see it your turn max meyer okay 
Drafted by the Marlins in the first round, third overall out of Minnesota. He was, uh, well, let's just say that he is having a pretty good year. Like fish who pitch, this is another fish who pitches. Hmm. A couple of back-to-back gems pitching for the Pensacola Blue Wahoos versus the Biloxi Shuckers. Two very nautical names. Let's go. Six innings, four hits, no runs, six Ks. Five innings, four hits, no runs, four Ks in back-to-back starts against the same team. And was also named the All-Star Futures game. One of the uh, pitchers in the All-Star Futures game. So well done to you, Max Meyer. I think he'll be a September call-up this year or maybe part of their plans next year. But he's... What year was he drafted? Wasn't he a recent draft? 2020. I was going to say, you, you think he'll yeah. deb- You think he could be debut? I mean, if he keeps going, I mean, he's in AA now. That's where they... If he has a good finish to the season and the fish are in contention, why wouldn't you bring him up in September and throw him in the bullpen and see if he can't get some outs? Well, speaking of a guy who we could see this season, how about Jose Miranda for the Twins? The 16th prospect for the Twins. He's in AAA, okay? He was drafted 73rd overall in that, I don't know, those rounds that come after the rounds. He was in the second round of... Supplemental. Those those ones. He was So I say he was drafted 73rd overall in 2016 out of a high school in Puerto Rico. In two levels this season, he's hitting 356 with 16 home runs and 46 RBI. So he played 47 games in double A where he hit 345 with 13 home runs and 38 RBI. And he has five games at triple A where he's hitting 455 with three home runs and eight RBI. He was called up on his birthday, June 29th, and he went five for six with three home runs. Oh my God. <laughs> Two solo home runs and one grand slam. He had six RBI in his debut on his birthday. And his 15 total bases are the most in any game in all of baseball in 2021. So, how's oh. that for a debut? You should have either started or ended with that one. Holy cow. I know. Does it get any better than that? He also. He has a hit in every game since he's been called up, two multi-hit games, and he had to play at third that was number three on Sports Center. So that's Jose Miranda for the Twins, who, uh, if he keeps playing at this rate, we might see him. Man, I might just go watch him wherever he's at. Okay, well, this begins the segment of there are far too many Kevin Smiths in baseball. But starting off with Kevin Smith with the Buffalo Bisons, drafted by the Blue Jays, in the fourth round of the 2017 draft, he's clearly finding his feet. Okay, so in May, he started off, pardon me? Finding his feet. Oh, I thought you could, I can hear my dogs barking. I thought you must have been hearing my dogs bark, but yes, finding his feet. Most people, some people can't find their feet. A lot of fat people can't even see their feet. (laughs) Uh, I was about to I was about to lift up my foot, but there are some weirdos on yes. Twitter who Don't have like it. a foot fetish with women in TV. It is the we, the tweets that I get. If I post a picture on Instagram and like my toes are showing people, yeah. like random That's why people men, blur them out. It's so <laughs> weird. Random men will like screenshot my toes and tweet at me and be like, at Kill Swinger, beautiful feet. I love your toes. So hot with like pictures of my toes. That's like a legitimate thing for women in television. And it is not just television. It's a legitimate thing on women everywhere. Uh, I don't like it. Okay. Well, I like feet. So (laughs) don't, don't bring your feet up. Don't bring your feet up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So he's definitely finding his feet in May. (laughs) 
Uh, he hits 225 with five home runs and 16 RBIs. But we move to June. Hmm. He's hit 326 with seven home runs and 23 RBIs. And I forgot wow. to put down here what his season totals are. So just let me talk really slow until I find them. So Peter Moyland doesn't have a foot fetish, but he does love feet. He does. It's the wrong Kevin Smith shit, Kevin Smith. Don't the Braves have a Kevin Smith, but he spells his name with an A? Yeah. It's a common name. It sure is. Matt, you ready? Yep. <laughs> so, Kevin Smith, in for the season, is now hitting 277 with 12 home runs and 40 RBIs. And that's good enough for the team lead in both. And it was also his birthday yesterday, Sunday. Ah, lots of birthday. birthday. So, congratulations. Kevin Smith, the Buffalo Bisons. Buffalo Bisons. That's like the most boring minor league team name ever. It wasn't back in the 60s when they named it. I'm sure it was very exciting. Now you got to go with like the fucking New Hampshire fairy dragons or something. I love fairy <laughs> dragons. I really wish I was a team. I need to get you a Skeeter's hat while I'm home. Julio Rodriguez. We know mm. who he is. J-Rod, baby. Fifth overall prospect in MLB. He got promoted to double-A, folks. He's also, like we mentioned earlier, going to be at the Futures game. So in high A, before his promotion, he had 325, six home runs, 21 RBI, and 28 games. Then he was promoted to double-A on last Monday and made his debut Tuesday night. After five games in double-A, he's hitting 353 with a double a home run and four RBI hit a double header on Friday, which really like shot his week up. And he hit his first double a home run in game one. It was a go ahead, three run shot that gave them the win. Go ahead. And uh, he had three hits in game two. He it was three for three. So he reached base and he had three walks. He reached base seven times across a double header. That's a good day. So Julio Rodriguez is promoted to double a and performing in double a keep coming up because we want to see he and Kelnick in the outfield. Hashtag trending upwards. Trending upwards. I forgot about that this week. I was going to bring it back. Yep. It's like fetch. <laughs> pitcher Kevin Smith. Another Kevin Smith. Yeah, pitcher Kevin Smith. Uh, <laughs> drafted in seventh round of the 2018 draft by the Mets out of Georgia. Go dogs! Straight up doing it in double A, guys. He had a 1.04 ERA with 37 punch outs in 27 innings and got called up to Norfolk, triple A team. He's made three starts so far, striking out 19 in 14 innings, including yesterday, where he went five innings, two hits, nine punch outs. So for the season across two levels, he currently has a 2.03 ERA, a 1.13 whip, and a 0.203 opponent's batting average with 56 punch-outs in 40 innings. Pitcher Kevin Smith, congratulations on your start. Alec Manoa, we know him. Big guy for the Blue Jays. I think he's 6'6". Reasonable slider. Reasonable. Friday versus the Rays. Seven shutty with 10 Ks. On 109 pitches, his ERA dropped to 270. Um, and he struck out seven guys in a row. That set a Blue Jays record. 
he didn't allow a hit until the sixth inning. And it was his first start following a five-game suspension for throwing at an Oriole. Four of his seven starts have been quality starts. Another record he set with that last start, he has 43 strikeouts overall over his seven starts. That's the most of any Toronto pitcher in his first seven starts. He's also in that situation where the most innings he's thrown in a single season is about 125 innings. So, um, and that was like between college and minor league that year. So we'll see what, like what we've talked about with Mize and Rogers, what they'll have to do with Alec. He's a big boy. He's like a big boy. So not to go serious all of a sudden, but it just came to my head and I'm going to speak it. Speak it. We've already had a lot of injuries this year across the league. Yeah. Pitchers, hitters, doesn't matter. And we still haven't reached the point where we really know what's going to happen post all-star break with these guys. So I'm, I'm really hoping that it doesn't, you know, guys, a lot of guys don't reach their limits, but I, I hope that it's not win at all costs for a lot of these teams either. Yeah. Well, after these next two guys, there's a ton of injuries that mm. happened this week. I mean, it's like, it's happening. There's so many. In, and I think Ken Rosenthal had an article out on it. I don't know. I think we talked about it like early in the season about how many injuries there are this year. And it's just yeah. spiked. But you want to do your guy? Yep. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Pippiel drafted in the third round of the 2019 draft by the Los Dodgers. He's ranked seventh prospect for the Los Dodgers. Uh, he threw seven no-hit frames yesterday. He went out for the eighth and gave up a hit, but seven no-hit frames yesterday. And that's just to go with already what he's done this year, which has been pretty freaking impressive. Uh, Ten games, nine starts, 1.73 ERA and a .84 whip with 57 strikeouts in 41.2 wow. innings. And five of his nine appearances have been scoreless. Wow. Hmm. So Ryan Pippiot, well done. He wasn't on my radar until about two and a half hours ago. So what's the last name? Pepiot. P-E-P-I-O-T. It kind of reminds me of that scene out of Forgetting Sarah Marshall, where he goes to the Hawaii and he needs a Hawaiian name. And he's uh, yeah. like, Pepiope. So it's Pepiope. That's a good movie. Yeah, it's such a. I've actually seen We that. need to go and do a 90s movie, 90s, 2000 movie marathon and just sit there and just laugh our tits off. No, I want to do that. My, my massive pecs. <laughs> Okay, my, was that your last guy? This is my last guy. Do you know how to say his name, Maddie? Yanier? Yanier? I, in my head, I was saying Yanier, but. Yanier. I, I like Yanier. Yanier Diaz for the Indians. Lake Lanier. Oh, gosh. There's like a, a documentary coming out about Lake Lanier. I'm so excited for that. So uh, he's in low A for the Indians on the season. He's hitting 328 with two home runs, 29 RBI. Peter, he has a 16-game hitting streak. That's good. 16 games, 10 multi-hit games in that streak. He's 27 for 68. That's good for 397 in that stretch. And in 2019 at two levels, he hit 341 with seven home runs, 40 RBI in 54 games. Wow. Um, so he's on a good stretch right now, and he was on a good stretch in 2019. Go off, King. Those are our top 10 prospects of the week. 
we have to say one honorable mention because he deserves it. Garrett Mitchell's the Brewers' number one prospect. He was drafted in the first round last year for them. This week, Garrett Mitchell has a 480 batting average uh, with 12 hits, 13 runs, two homers, both of which came yesterday, which was the big news, and seven RBI. Wow. The best thing about it was yesterday he hit those two home runs and got the call from high A up to double A. So Ugh. all around good week for our guy, Garrett Mitchell. Promotion pod, well done. Promotion pod. Okay, let's cruise through these injuries because there's a lot, folks. Go for it. Okay. First injury, Bobby Witt Jr. He's in double A for the Royals. Left the game early on Sunday after apparently tweaking his ankle while feeling a double play grounder. He like immediately lost his balance and then like reached for his ankle. Uh, he was able to walk off on his own. Yes, Peter? The ankles are much better than anything else. Just to okay. let you know. Go ahead. Well, that's good. Well, the team has an off day today. We'll see if he's in the lineup on Tuesday. Next injury, another bad one, sad one. CJ Abrams for the Padres, the Padres top prospect. He's a shortstop. He fractured his left tibia and a sprained left MCL after a collision at second base in the ninth inning on Wednesday. He's going to miss the remainder of the 2021 season. This is a guy who we said earlier made the futures roster. The Padres pegged his recovery time at three months. So he might be able to make it back for winter ball or the Arizona fall league. Australian baseball league. Yeah, maybe Australia. Who knows? 42 games at double A this season. He was hitting 296. And shortstop for the Padres. Obviously, Tatis is there. In 2018, Tatis was ruled out for the season in July while playing for double A after he fractured his left thumb. Fun fact, he would never play another game in the minor leagues after that. Hmm. Hmm. So that's C.J. Abrams. Two guys for the Pirates, who we've talked about, our 6'8 or 6'7 shortstop, O'Neill Cruz and Ronzi Contreras. I think I said this. They're both in double-A for the Pirates. They're both dealing with some forearm soreness right now. They'll be evaluated this week in Pittsburgh by the team's medical staff. Been there. You've been there? Forearm stiffness. <laughs> ben Charrington's the GM for the Pirates. He doesn't seem like too concerned like it's a huge huge deal but they're both going to get seen in pittsburgh he said cruz o'neill cruz is batting 298 um in 43 games and Contreras was acquired from the yankees and he's three and one with a 235 year and he was also supposed to be in the future team mm. tyler freeman for the indians in double a was placed on the il with a left shoulder injury he's only struck out peter a hundred and four times in 1,038 minor league at bats. That's pretty, that's really impressive. Yeah. Um, he was snapped by the futures game, but he jammed his left shoulder and it was the same shoulder that he had surgery on for a torn labrum earlier in his career. And what was kind of interesting about this injury is there were a bunch of reports saying that they were expecting him to like come back and that he was day to day. And then when he was supposed to come back, they put him on the IL. Emily Walden had... Hmm reported that um, there were no tears in the previous torn labrum. So they gave him a cortisone shot. Do cortisone shots, is that a thick needle? Does it hurt? Like, take me through a cortisone shot. Well, I would usually get two. 
I would get one in the front of the shoulder and one in the back of the shoulder. And it would just basically, they just stick a long needle. It's not so much that it is thick. Yeah, it's thick and long. They just put a bit of ice spray on there to, to numb the spot. And then they go in deep into the joint from the front end and then in deep into the joint from the back end. And they just squirt the gook in there. And then three days later, you're pitching again. So does everybody need two, like on each side or can some oh, That's I think that's just what they did with me because I don't know back in the day a little bit too before uh, i don't think they're as i don't think they're as uh as used as they were back in the day well emily walden reported that he got one he's expected to be back within one to two weeks the last injury is emmanuel rivera for the royals which this one kind of sucks because he was called mm -hmm. up on may 28th first pitch he saw in the big leagues he had an opposite field single he went two for four in his debut and then on Wednesday, he got put on the aisle with a fractured left handmate after having just appeared in two games. Mm. So in 40 games over AAA, 242 with 14 bombs. Um, but that sucks. He had just gotten called up and now he's on the aisle. So those are a ton of injuries. Yes, they are. Very sad. We hate, we hate it here. We hate it. But we love it in Australia. You so guys ready? It is time for... Aussie lingo, lingo, lingo. Do you say the word snog? No, we say pash. I watch Love Island and they say, I'm gonna go pull in for a chat. You want you gonna snog? Billy. Billy. Sentence? I mean, yeah. Okay. Go wipe the billy on. Go wipe the billy off? Go <laughs> go and put the billy on. The grill. See, this is why I don't like using sentences because the sentence, you can break down my sentence fairly in instantly and replace whatever the word is, what the most commonly used word it would be in that sentence. Go and put the what on. See, I don't even know if that's a, a word that's, okay, go ahead. Sorry, Maddie. I will say um, the lamp. Ooh. I knew it was going to be something. No, it's a kettle. So it's used to go and make tea, boil water. Do we use kettles in America? That's what I was going to say, because most people would say, go and put the kettle in England or Australia. It's go pop the kettle on. We have for a cup of tea. And say, we use Keurigs here. <laughs> right. But before Keurigs, you just had a shit coffee maker that just had basically percolated toilet water running from the top of it into a cup. And you guys go, oh, my God, this is great. Yay. <laughs> Wow, Billy, like B-I-L-L-Y? Yeah, just as it's spelled. Awesome. All right, see ya. Bye, guys. That was a good... I, we say that every week. That was a good episode. Like, we're like hyping ourselves up after everyone. <laughs> um, but for real, so this comes out Wednesday. We leave yeah. for the All-Star Game on the 11th, and that episode will be done from Denver. We're going to be yeah. turning out a ton of content everybody will be there. Like the whole John Boy crew is going to be in Denver thanks to DraftKings. Follow our pages, follow John Boy's pages. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun and we'll be bringing you the content, folks. So thanks for listening. Farm on, farm often. We'll see y'all in Denver. <laughs> Peter. Just uh, got x-rayed oh. real quick up in Peter here. You know cold. what I mean? Y'all have a great week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Follow us for Denver.
AC set to 60. Farm on, farm often. Peace out.